What's up, everybody? This is episode eight of the One Question Podcast. I'm David, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lindsay. Excited to be here, you guys. And we're here with Pastor Kerry today. Hey, guys. What's up? Hey, everyone listening. Man, we're so happy that you guys are here, and uh, we can't wait to kind of dive into what is the one question that we want to address today. Often that question leads to other questions that lead to other questions and this one might be a little tricky. So <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, to a couple yeah. more. We're going to tread <laughs> lightly on this one. This might be the most contentious episode we've had yet. So. But I'm excited about it because, you know, like the point of these podcasts is to be able to create a space um, where we can have conversations about things that are a little bit difficult. And um, be able to do it in a healthy, respectful way, but also in a way that could potentially be, you know, challenging or or convicting for you in your life. And so maybe for you, you are spiritually curious and you're kind of like, who is Jesus and why should I care what you know, he believes in, um, maybe you're new to faith. Maybe you've been following Jesus a long time, no matter where you're at on that journey. We just want to say that, Hey, this is a safe space to ask those questions. Um, and so we are excited to get started with this question today. We are, we are episode eight. One question is Jesus a Republican or a Democrat? Uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, you want to take this oh, one? Oh <laughs> man! Oh, where's Pastor Jerry? I know, <laughs> but it is so crazy that like the moment you say the word Republican or Democrat, it's yeah. like everyone's stomach drops a little bit. Yeah, there's like a heaviness to it. Yeah, you know, I the first thing I would say is uh, if you have complaints about the podcast today, <laughs> you can send them to jerry.sweat Kidding, kidding. Hey, you know, I, I really love what you guys said in our opening there. This podcast needs to be a space where we can talk about things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if there's something that I think we all recognize uh, in our American culture today, it's we've come to a place where we have a hard time talking about things that are difficult, mm-hmm. hard time talking with others who we may disagree with or have differing opinions on things. Um, and one of the things that I'm hopeful that we can do with this podcast and just as people is start to get beyond and past that. And the only way we do that is by saying, let's have some mutual respect. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that we have that amongst each other. I know this is (laughs) this podcast is probably the one we spent the most time so far on the pre kind of prepping, talking through things. Um, But also for everyone listening, like that's what we want to do. We want to engage. And, and that's why I love how, you know, we open it up for people to ask questions. This may spur on some more questions. Um, but is Jesus a Republican or a Democrat? Because <laughs> he was obviously from the United States of America. Yeah, <laughs> in the 2000 century. Yeah, 21st. no, that's a great point, David. Um, <laughs> and that's probably the best place to start. Jesus was not a Republican or a Democrat. Jesus lived 2,000 years ago uh, in Judea, Palestine, uh, Middle East. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is not an American man with blonde hair and blue eyes Stop. and pale Stop. skin. Uh, <laughs> Jesus lived in a time where the Roman Empire ruled. Caesar was king uh, 
of earth. We know Jesus and we believe Jesus was king, actually uh, King Jesus, but, but Jesus wasn't Republican or Democrat. We actually have the blessing of living in a place where we can have differing ideas and thoughts on life right? Jesus lived in a time, a day, and age where if you went against Caesar, that was treason and you died, Whew. right? Like, like so, so I love trying to tackle this question a little bit uh, because I do think it can help us peel back some of our privilege that we have. There are mm. places in the world that they can't own a Bible, and so people literally smuggle in, like, they rip one page out of a Bible, smuggle it into that country, and that's how people get the Word of God and they learn about Jesus, is one page wow. out of the Bible. So so even that we can have this conversation, is Jesus a Republican or a Democrat? I think our starting point that I would hope that we're at is we realize how privileged we are to be where we are and be able to have this conversation, uh, to be able to have a podcast that talks about this and, and talks about some differing political views, ideas, opinions. Um, and so that would be my hope as our starting point for, is Jesus a Republican or a Democrat? So now let's get started. Was he? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, so Back to, I feel like, why we've had to preface this so much is, you know, politics have become something that is so heated in mm -hmm. our culture. Mm -hmm. um, why do you think that is? Mm -hmm. Why do you think politics are so polarizing? 24-hour news networks <laughs> that have to come up with something to talk about for yeah. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I think that it's so disheartening a lot of times when you watch some of those networks, no matter what side of the political line you are on, I think that it's, it's difficult to watch that because you know that there's always a narrative because it's always geared towards ratings and you're getting biased news. And I think that that's really um, difficult to kind of stomach sometimes, especially when you know you're not being told the, the necessarily the whole truth. So I would say to take a maybe a step further then that would be we as people have an insatiable propensity to be focused on the self mm. and what I want, what I need, and how do I go about fulfilling my wants, needs, and desires right now, tomorrow, and every day into the future. So true. And mm. I have an incredible capacity to be blind to my own downfalls, uh, but see everyone else's downfalls. Um, Jesus has a fantastic uh, picture of this in the New Testament for us, where there's a woman caught in adultery, and the religious leaders come, they bring the woman, they say, this woman's caught in, adultery, in the act of adultery, what should we do? And they've all got stones picked up because they believe they should stone this woman to death. And Jesus famously, uh, you, you don't even have to be a Christian to know something about this story. Jesus famously says, whoever is without sin, throw the first stone. They all drop their rocks and kind of walk off. Uh, interestingly enough, he then says to the woman, uh, who's condemned you? Has no one condemned you? And, and the obvious answer is no. And he says, neither do I. But then he says, go and send no more. Mm -hmm. Right. And so he's showing us um, 
within those those people looking to stone her, man, they have a focus on what they want. Mm. And I think that is a root of what we in in Christianity would consider sin. Uh, original sin comes when we say to God, my way is better than your way. Mm. And mm-hmm. so we live in this constant cycle of I'm trying to fulfill my own wants, needs, desires. And what we believe as Christians is that Jesus came not wanting to fulfill any of his physical wants, needs, and desires, mm-hmm. but instead coming and being a replacement for our sin so that we could have a relationship with God. Do you think it's kind of dangerous the way in which sometimes you see when you're talking about the self, if people mm-hmm. were very honest and they were just like, look, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have a lot more respect, I think for a lot of politicians <laughs> versus like, I do think that there's sometimes there is a, this is almost like using God as sort of the backbone of their personal arguments. Have you, oh, do you see that? I think that happens in politics, mm-hmm. but I think that happens in life. Sure. Right, we as people, we're good at using whatever argument we need to advance and fulfill what I want. And that's one of the things that is different about Christianity. Christianity is about self-sacrifice. Jesus teaches us again and again and again, I'm not fighting for what I want and what I need. Mm. I'm laying down so that I can love one another love one another over and over and over and over again that's what jesus is talking about and something that i think we can all reflect on uh, is how often do we hear that type of phraseology within our political conversations how often do we hear (laughs) hey i understand there's an issue that has tension here Mm -hmm. let's figure out how to practice loving one another through this tension And that honestly should be the mark of Christians because we have Jesus as our example and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is that we can have disagreements. And still love each other. And still love each other. What a crazy concept. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Something going back to, yeah, just this whole focus on self. I think that sometimes it can either even be this, you know, subconscious focus on self. Sure. Um, Pastor Jerry shared an article with our team recently here at the church, and we'll put it in the resources for you. Um, but it was talking about on social media, just these, how algorithms show that there are these echo chambers or bubbles that are created based on yeah. things that we like and we follow, um, that almost it becomes this thing where, we only hear news and see news that supports what we believe. Yeah. And I just find that honestly rather disturbing yeah. that it's like I am only further and further pushed to believe and confirm that what I believe is right and this focus on the self rather than being able to hear logical arguments from the other side or or logical understandings from people who believe things and have experienced different things from me. Absolutely. Yeah, try to try to see things from a different perspective. I think it's always important because you know, it that's that's great. I wish there was like a Jesus bubble we could go into, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I do think something that's very important for us when we're thinking about this Republican or Democrat, how how do we sort this out because because it does come up and it is a part of our everyday lives are you this are you this and how do you have conversations uh in the in between and i think 
and I'm just as guilty of this, uh, coming to a conversation trying to convince you Mm. as opposed to coming to a conversation saying, you know what, I'm willing, even if it's a 5% chance I might be wrong, (laughs) to listen to you in such a way that I would weigh and consider that what you're saying might be right Mm. and what I believe might be wrong. Mm. And I think a good test of that is when you meet someone new, how often do you remember their name? Mm-hmm. And I think the reason we don't is because we're so concerned with the self. What am I going to say next? How am I going to introduce myself? And Almost like we forget <laughs> how to have a conversation. Like, I'm going to forget my name if I don't think about it right yeah, now. Yeah, you know? and it just, and I think that totally goes hand in hand, Carrie, with what you're saying is, is how often or how willing are we to say that, Myself and my opinions don't matter as much as loving this person yeah. and open-handedly. And being focused on that person. Mm-hmm. And I know some people in my life who are fantastic at this. Like their listening skills are just like through the roof. Through the roof. And it's it's one of those things that I, as I reflect with the Lord sometimes, I, I really say, hey, Holy Spirit, I, I need you to develop that more mm-hmm. in me. But I, I think we see that across the spectrum how focused we get on self and what I need, my wants and desires. And I do think one of the things that we see Jesus modeling, we see him modeling that laying down of self. Mm -hmm. We see him modeling, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to have a conversation. I'm willing to engage. We see this all the time in the scriptures where uh, Jesus is engaging, not just with the people who are following him, This is one of the most fascinating things to me as you read uh, the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament is you have Jesus at times he's talking to his disciples who are his closest followers. Then there's kind of a broader group of followers of Jesus who are interested in him, getting healings, that kind of stuff. But then there are these people, these Pharisees, Sadducees, uh, teachers, religious leaders, Herodians, all of these other little groups they're there at the scene most of the time when Jesus is doing some healings and some teachings. And somehow he's attracting both. And somehow he's talking to both specifically in those moments and times. And so that's where I think we see Jesus's ability to kind of thread the needle. Mm. And that's where I think getting back to our original question, is Jesus a Republican or a Democrat? I would say, no, he's king. Mm. And I think sometimes, <laughs> I think sometimes we we want to bring him and use him uh, like a genie in the bottle for our wants and desires. It's like, okay, Jesus, I want you to do this for me now. Would you come out, grant my wish? Mm. And that's not who Jesus has claimed to be. He's claimed to be king, yet as king, he's come as a surrendering king, so that we would have life with his heavenly Father. Yeah. And, and, you know, back to the original question, and if we can get a little uncomfortable for a minute or two, I would like to ask, you know, I think there might be some people listening wondering, okay, well, I hear that, but at the end of the day, I have to vote one way. Sure. What, is there a political party that most aligns with Jesus's teachings? (laughs) What do you think, David? (laughs) (laughs) I was listening to uh, a pastor speak one time on this exact topic, and he said, you know, if there were five big issues, he said, in, in our politics, you know, Jesus, if this party believes these five things and this party believes these five things, Jesus would kind of have a little bit of each. 
and so there wouldn't he'd have two he believed two this way two this way and then one might not be and we're not even close to the mark on what so so i don't think that jesus's teachings align with a political party at all and i think that that's tough because especially when it becomes like election season and things like that if we are people who are finding our identity in jesus then we think that we now have to find our identity in Jesus and the political party too. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's difficult. So I, that makes me question, like, why do we feel that way? Why do we feel like we have to identify as either a Democrat or Republican or is it a team mentality thing? But I think we want to be on the winning team. So because we want to be on the winning team, we want Jesus on our team. We're like, yeah. oh, yeah, Jesus is definitely <laughs> this too because, yeah, I want to win. That's what Jesus is. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he aligns with either very well. Yeah, I think Jesus sits over any political party <laughs> or system. Yeah. Uh, that that would be my interpretation of scripture as just as a Christian, as a pastor. It's that Jesus is not concerned about politics. Jesus is concerned about people. Mm. And I believe that so many of the things that are differing political sides and views and opinions get divided over are because we are not focused on how we take care of people. And I think specifically churches, and maybe you've experienced this when you're listening uh, to this podcast or watching on YouTube, you've experienced churches be so just just harsh Mm. and hard that they've lost the fact that Jesus calls us to care for people. And there's so many issues that divide us in politics that quite honestly, if the church would be what Jesus has actually called the church to be, yeah. uh, he calls us to take care of the widow, the orphan, the poor, the the outcast. He, he calls us to take care of these people. If the church would actually be doing that in America, we would not be looking to political systems to solve some of those problems. But quite honestly, I do believe it's a sin that we carry as, quote, the church broader than just one individual church. It is a sin that we carry that allows our culture to continue to be divided. And that, to me, uh, it's a challenge to me as a pastor. Like, how do I help lead our church in such a way that we begin meeting some of those needs so that they are not so divisive out within our culture and within the world? Mm. I love I love what you said earlier about sometimes it, it takes laying down of the self. And that's mm-hmm. sort of like just not – do you think that applies to sort of voting sometimes too when you say – Personally, this is going to impact me in a negative way, but it's for the greater good of society. Like, do you think that that has a place I, in politics? I guess I think I think the surrender of self has a place within the life of every person yeah. that says, "I follow Jesus." Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and one of the things that uh, I'm keenly aware of as a pastor and just having studied church history and, and going back is that the church. You know, there are some Christians that are that believe, want, and desire for the church to take political power, yeah. right? For the church to take over political offices, all of that. And something I'm keenly aware of is that throughout the 2,000-year history of the church, anytime the church has held political power, it has not gone well. <laughs> It it, it has not. The initial church starts with a bunch of people who lack power, money, political influence. 
They, they have none of that. They have nothing that we think would succeed in the gospel of Jesus spreading, mm-hmm. and yet it spreads like wildfire. Why? Because in the early Roman culture, they would just toss kids out onto trash heaps. And the early Christians would come, literally pull them off the heaps, take them in, take care of them. People mm-hmm. saw that. They saw a compassion. They saw a love that, that they hadn't experienced. They would take these widows and uh, they would go to people who had leprosy or plague and they would risk their own lives to go take care of people who they knew were dying. Mm. And so from that, the message of the gospel spreads. Now, fast forward that to as the church becomes owner of the Holy Roman Empire and look at the Crusades and, and look at all the numerous things that have been done, quote, in the name of mm-hmm. Jesus, yeah. when the church holds political power. Uh, and here's why I think that is so dangerous and why that gets sideways. When the church holds political power, we put our hope into the politics and into the governmental system. Jesus calls us to place our hope in him mm. and believe that our power comes from the Holy Spirit. Yeah who guides, sanctifies, and brings us into fresh new life. And so I believe, and David, we were talking about this before the show, I believe that that there's a hope issue going on. Yeah. Is our hope in a political party? Or person. I mean, it's, I mean, there's, to be honest, it's been in people. Like, people are looking right. to other people as being this yeah. sort Absolutely. of, like, yeah. savior. Yeah. So is our hope yeah. in a political party or in a political person? Or is our hope in Jesus? And do we trust that the power of the Holy Spirit is strong enough? And and if you're listening, you may not be a Jesus follower, uh, and you may be thinking, man, this this is a little different or or (laughs) maybe a little more uncomfortable for me. But but we believe as Christians that the Holy Spirit brings an empowerment for me to be able to love people in a way that I in myself wouldn't, Mm. right? I am sinful, I claim that. I recognize that. Uh, in Jesus' story of you who are without sin, throw the first stone. I'm probably the first one dropping a stone in that <laughs> sequence. I have to live with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus promises us that when the Holy Spirit comes in, he will be in that process of what we call sanctification, making us to look more like Jesus. And here's what I believe. The more and more I look like Jesus, the more things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control are, are demonstrated mm-hmm. in my life. And I think we would maybe kind of agree those might be qualities that could be lacking, mm-hmm. perhaps, within <laughs> our political systems. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what would those systems look like if those were the defining characteristics, wow. the only way we're going to get to that is is when we yield what we want to what Jesus and the Holy Spirit might do in our lives and stop trying to take power, but instead trying to live out the ethic of the gospel, which is those fruits of the Spirit. That's great. Yeah. That's well, great. as we wrap up, one more thing with that, you know, I think that... This conversation has been really encouraging in a lot of ways, but can also be a little discouraging. And, you know, I think there's a part of me that's like, well, do I just throw my hands up in the air and say, I'm not going to vote anymore. I'm just going to go to church and do the best I can. Like, what would you, what would you say is what is, what role should politics play in the life of someone who follows Jesus? Yeah, I would say that we should vote. We should be a part uh, of the 
communities and cultures that we're in, and we should be desiring to to shape those for people to be able to experience the love of Jesus. Something that I do recognize is no amount of legislation is going to change someone's heart to follow Jesus. We can give yeah. them a rule to follow that might be in line with something that God says, but if they do not follow that from their heart and it's just a rule, that's not the same thing as someone being in a loving relationship with God. And as a church, that's what we want. We want people to be in a relationship with God. So yes, we encourage you to vote, to be prayerful about how you're voting, what you're voting for, all of that. But at the end of the day, that should be secondary to mm. am I following Jesus in the entirety of my life? Am I surrendering my life as Jesus did so that the Holy Spirit empowers me and grows those fruits in my life? I think that's a great way to approach voting, period, is to say, God, give me wisdom. I mean, pray for discernment. Absolutely. Pray for, pray for I mean, for God to point you in the direction that you mm-hmm. feel like is, is, or that he, you think he wants you to go when you, when you vote. And I think that that's something that we often think of, um, we only I think we often only want to include Jesus when it's convenient. Yeah. And we only want to include God when it's convenient. And so if it's not real convenient for us to pray and really think about it and read all of what that candidate stands for and how that aligns with our our views religiously, I think that, that, I mean, I think it's tough. And then we're like, yeah, but now God help. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, too late. You should have yeah. done that beforehand. Yeah. But I don't know. Well, you guys, we made it. We made it through this episode. Can you believe Oof. it? <laughs> kind of glad it's over, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think I see David sweating a little bit. Um, well, Pastor Carrie, David, thank you all for joining us. And to all of you guys for joining us. You know, I know that politics can be something that can be really divisive. But, man, what if we use them as a tool to show the world God's heart for just justice, um, for love, and to really care about the other people around us. So, um, you guys, if y'all would like to send in a question, we'd love to hear from you guys. Just email us one question at beatchurchjacks.com. If you've enjoyed this, go ahead and rate and subscribe us, and we will see you guys next week. Yep.